welcome to what I'm calling the Ukulele Video Play-Along Podcast. My name is Chris Russell. I am a music educator who lives in Wisconsin but teaches in the Twin Cities of Minnesota. And a couple of years ago, I picked up ukulele to teach to my middle school students. Now, ultimately, at our middle school, at least currently, students have to take music. So if they're not in band or orchestra, they have to be kind of in, be in choir. And as a result, we have two concerts a year, and then we have a middle part of the year where we've tried to do a lot of other things. But uh, when you have a certain percentage of your population that just doesn't actually don't want to sing and they're in choir, that becomes a challenge. So I was seeing a lot of conversation about ukulele from NAFMI, the National Association for Music Education, which used to be called MENC, Music Educators National Conference. And I was intrigued. Now, again, I grew up in the era of Tiny Tim, where the ukulele was kind of a joke. And I feel badly about that now, but that's that's how I grew up, watching Tiny Tim on TV, uh, you know, going through high school in the late 1980s puts me as a child of the 1970s and that's really the way that it was and the rebirth the renaissance of the ukulele in our mainland United States had not happened yet and sure there were ukulele players here and there Um, as I've been teaching my own students about ukulele I just found a episode of the Brady Bunch from 1972 the year that I was born where Bobby and Cindy are uh, played to and sung to by Don Ho and another fellow. Uh, not Tiny Bubbles or in my wine, but nonetheless, it's been around, and I knew of it, but I had never really played one. So I was intrigued, and the more I thought about it, the ukulele was inexpensive. It was portable. It was in everything at the time when we started this a couple of years ago. So everybody was picking up ukulele. They, were, they still are selling millions of them a year. And I thought, well, maybe this would be another way to reach some of our students that really don't want to sing, but would play ukulele. And also what I found out is that the ukulele usually lends itself to singing. Now, some of the best pro players, uh, such as your Jake Shimabukuro, I think Brittany Paiva, um, they, they typically don't sing too much when they play. It's generally just they're playing, but there are a number of other players at that high level that do sing and then everybody else that plays ukulele sings in fact there are jam sessions all across the world where people get together to play ukulele and sing their favorite songs whatever that may mean to them so that was really enticing to me as a teacher where i had so many students that weren't singing or didn't want to sing and then they wanted to share or I wanted to share with them the ability to be able to be independent musicians, which is why I teach literacy. I want them to be able to learn music on their own. And then with the ukulele, they suddenly can actually accompany themselves, and they're not even bound to having to need a teacher, which is really powerful. I don't think I ever had that. My two major instruments were voice and tuba, and it was always like I was cemented to having to be performing in a group or with a piano to really... Uh, reach the full expression of what I was doing. But when you play ukulele and you can sing, everything is open to you. Now, there are a bunch of other reasons why I like the idea of the ukulele, and you can teach music literacy, you can teach uh, song structure, you can teach music history. There's so much you can do with it. So I kind of incorporated into choir, and uh, I kind of changed things around so that my choirs sang music that was 
with ukulele and arrange songs so that ukulele could be an accompaniment instead of a piano. I mean, why not? Because, you know, a lot of the songs that we currently sing today in pop music that suddenly we put together with a, a choir with piano is no more authentic than than ukulele with a choir. So we've done that. And uh, it was successful. Now, it doesn't mean that every student likes it or that every student tries. Because, again, if you have a student that really doesn't want to be there, they're going to fight it no matter what you do. But to those that sing and to those that get it, it really opens some doors. And there's been some really wonderful success stories of some students that have run with it. However, one of the challenges has been when I go to a jam session, a lot of times we use the Jim Bailoff Daily 365 uh, ukulele book or its sister book the leap year edition and by the way i don't have anything wrong with that book but songs generally do kind of end around 1980 1985 in there there might be some exceptions and you have to be able to read music and a lot of the songs go much older than that so students do not always want to be singing American folk songs. They don't want to be singing uh, necessarily songs from the 1960s. So how do you make things more appealing to today's younger students? Well, you have to try to find music that they are currently singing. And one of the secrets for that came through a professor at the State University of New York, whose name is Dr. Dr. Jill Reese. And Dr. Reese runs a ukulele club there in Fredonia, New York. And she also puts out YouTube videos where she takes the actual audio from a song, sometimes transposes it so that it works better with ukulele or with younger players in mind. And it's kind of a bouncing ball approach to following the chords and playing along the songs. And... I originally struggled with that concept a little bit, worrying about music literacy, and I tried making some play-along files that were based on music notes. And actually, I've, I've actually gone back to that with pure music reading instead of singing and playing, but actually playing notes on the ukulele. And that's um, using some of the work of another educator in Illinois, Paul Marchese, who I've had the chance to uh, get to know, another really uh, stellar person. But back to Dr. Reese's playlongs, they made sense, and they were songs that kids like to play. And so last, about a year ago, uh, this is March of 2018, so about a year ago, maybe a little bit later, maybe April or May, I started making some playlong videos. And Dr. Reese has kind of outlined her process on my website, uh, ukestuff.info. U-K-E-S-T-U-F-F dot I-N-F-O. I have kind of outlined how I do that, and I've also included links to Dr. Reese's video and handout, just so that other people can see what you can do. Basically, she imported a song, found song lyrics, like a video lyric file, where on YouTube people have lots of the songs playing with lyrics, and so she brought that file in, then overlaid a template of song chords, and then exported that video. And this is all an iMovie on a Mac. You could certainly do it with other software, like like I actually do now. But then after she exported, she imported it again, and then overlaid a bouncing ball track that would allow the 
uh, students as a class to play songs that they wanted to play or that, that you created for them. And of course, we all choose different types of songs. But then when I started making some songs, I had a goal to make some songs that students wanted to play, but also some songs that were in the jam sessions so that students would have a broader scale, a broader mindset of what was out there. And what, by the way, as a side note, is what I've found is that students do complain, um, which is funny because when I was a student, I don't think I would have ever told my teacher what to do or what to play or what to sing. And that's a generational shift, which I don't know if it's good or bad at this moment. It can be annoying as a teacher, but nonetheless, um, they do express displeasure. Just this last week, um, we were looking at the new chord of, I think it was E7 in my classes. And I choose songs that just have those chords and the chords that they've already learned and very sequential in that. And I think this summer, I'm going to work on making uh, Google slideshows with embedded YouTube videos that kind of prepackage those for people and maybe offer those as a reward for supporting my work through uh, Patreon. And I'll talk about that later. But anyhow, long story short is Dr. Reese then exported those videos where it had the chords and it had the lyrics and it had the actual music and exported those to YouTube. And currently I think she has well over 16,000 followers and um, has really laid a foundation for a number of other educators who are doing the same thing. So for example, um, Dr. A, uh, who I actually had a chance to meet in Liberty, started making some play-alongs. Kevin Way is a middle school teacher in Fredonia, New York, started making play-along videos. Somewhere along the way, I joined there. Another person by the name of Chris Gilbert started making videos. Some of Dr. Reese's students in her music ed classes at the State University of New York started making videos. And then um, even recently, I've been in touch with, uh, like, for example, the people in the club of ukuleleans out in Wales have been making videos. And um, a new gentleman down in Houston, Andy Ramos, has been making videos, some really nice videos, um, even some with a, a Latin mindset. And it's been fun to watch these grow, and, and we're currently at well over 400 videos that have been created. And some have multiple versions because people have a different take on what chords should be used or whatever. And um, in my particular case, I have found it to be kind of a fun hobby for me because I do love playing ukulele, which is interesting to me. I never really latched on a guitar. I, I taught guitar at the high school level when I was teaching high school choir. Um, occasionally we'd offer a guitar class and I would teach that. So I could teach a guitar class through a method book like a Hal Leonard, and I could play the basic chords I needed to, but I didn't ever really latch on. Well, the ukulele I've latched on to, uh, much to the chagrin of my wife at times. Uh, we now have quite a few ukuleles sitting around two years later, which is just really quite amazing, considering that I would have never have done it. So uh, ultimately, what you do is you, you find songs that you want to put into a video format, and then you spend the time figuring out the chords that are there, and you put it together. Now, I have a video showing how I've changed my process over the last you know year of doing this and it's amazing how it's been refined and through trial and error for example i do all of my work right now on my ipad pro instead of even touching my macbook 
I don't like using existing lyric files because I like students to be able to see the lyrics clearly. So I just re-enter the lyrics and lyrics you can find online. So I do that. And then the really cool thing about it is that in most cases, YouTube has license agreements with the copyright holders of these songs. So that if you're not generating income, which I'm not, there's, there's no income that comes from these videos that get posted out. I don't see any income. Any ad revenue goes right back to the copyright holder, which is fantastic. So that way educators can use it or ukulele clubs can use it or individuals can use it. And what's also kind of fun on the side is to watch the feedback from the users. And actually, I actually turn off written comments because people can be pretty uh, rude. <laughs> I hate to say that, but online when you're hiding behind a computer. So I do turn off the the written uh, comments, but I do invite people to come to my blog at ukestuff.info where I do have a link to an email address where you can contact me and, and make suggestions. And, and actually nobody has. It's been kind of fun. Um, I've got well over 200 videos out there that, that I've now produced and I'm going to keep going with it because it just it's fun it combines uh, the idea of singing it combines the idea of music theory it combines graphic design and technology and that is all very appealing to me and I think uh, these other people that create the videos uh, feel the same too and the other really uh, kind of saucy secret that people don't know is that ultimately students start singing even students that don't want to sing start singing when they start singing songs that they like. And again, I make sure that they're not singing just songs that they like, but I do make sure to sandwich things. So I do a song that they like and then maybe throw in a folk song and then a song that they like so that it keeps things going. And um, we have, again, this kind of a weird schedule where we have two concerts a year. We have one around December, so we call that a holiday concert where we do non-religious holiday music. And then we do a spring concert where anything goes, but again, I try to find a lot of uh, pop music and so forth that fits into the mold with ukulele. So for example, my eighth graders will sing Over the Rainbow. My seventh graders will sing uh, 21 Pilots, uh, Can't Help Stop or Can't Help Falling in Love with You. And my sixth graders will always sing Lava, uh, the little Disney Pixar short, which I've reworked to not be quite as long. So, um, it's, you know, and, and incorporating those into our music. Um, and in the spring concert, the students, all every choir sings Aloha Oe as our final song is kind of a, a nod to the Hawaiian culture, which brings us to ukulele, and that's a whole nother discussion. So I just wanted to talk in this very first podcast about what I'm doing and kind of why I'm doing it. And uh, the, the future podcasts, I think I'd like to just focus on the songs that I'm working on or the songs that just came out, and, and not in a critical eye, but just talking about the challenges in a particular song or what I'm looking for and just letting people know what's out there. So it is kind of a weird mixed medium. Instead of putting a YouTube video out of me talking, I'll do some podcasts like this. And by the way, a podcast can be way more effective because it's faster than writing, and if you want to listen to it, you can, and if you don't, you don't have to. Now, I do hold a podcast with a friend of mine from the world of music education technology, Paul Shimmons. That's the MET podcast, and we don't get an opportunity to put out many of those during the school year because we're both teachers and we're busy. So if we put out eight or nine episodes a year, we're pretty lucky because to get both of us at the same time, plus a guest, 
that can be kind of tricky. Whereas the entire focus of this ukulele video play along podcast is going to be just basically my thoughts and my talking. Although I certainly wouldn't be opposed to uh, bringing in Dr. Reese or Dr. A or Kevin Way or Andy Ramos or Chris Gilbert at some point. These are some of the people that have created these ukulele play alongs and just to visit with them. Um, I would also, if you had, if you are a podcast listener, make sure you listen to Ooktown. That's uh, probably the largest ukulele podcast that's out there. And by the way, I'm going to probably say ukulele because in this part of the country, that's how we say the instrument. And to say ukulele um, sounds a little funny. And it sounds also a little pretentious because we don't go around saying Hawaii <laughs> at the same time. We say Hawaii. Um so why we would choose to uh, focus on uh, native pronunciation on one thing but on another is a little odd. But I certainly don't hold it against anyone that wants to say ukulele. But just in case you're listening to this and that bothers you, just understand that's the way that um, I'm going to say it. So I think that pretty much wraps up the major things I wanted to talk about in this particular podcast. Now, as a final note, if Again, these resources, uxf.info, uh, my other webpage, techandmusiced.com, the YouTube channel of uh, youtube.com slash ukulele tenor. By the way, that's not because I play tenor ukulele, which I do, but that's because I play ukulele and I'm a operatic tenor, ukulele tenor. I could have gone ukulele tenor tuba because I play tuba as well. Those are my two major instruments, as I said earlier. Um... But if you're interested in supporting my work, uh, there are two ways that you could do that. You could look for my books on the iBook store, but I wouldn't really recommend that right now because they're terribly outdated on the iPad. I need to update them as the, the game has changed a little bit. Not a lot, but a little bit. But I am running a Patreon page too, so feel free to go to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash cjrphd which is my initials cjr and phd for the doctorate that i hold and uh, my whole educational background was i earned a bachelor's degree at northwestern college which is now northwestern the university of northwestern st paul in the twin cities of minnesota i earned my master's degree at the university of st thomas and my phd at the university of minnesota with really a focus of uh, music education. And um, again, I never really expected myself to find myself teaching middle school as I was teaching high school and quite happy at it. But again, family situations and having young family and the concert schedule and the life of a high school teacher was really challenging. And plus, the middle school I'm at is a one-to-one -one iPad school, which really appeals to me as a iPad user and as a technology guy. So I decided to step down from my high school position and to take, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I actually stepped away from my high school position and took a middle school position. And I've been teaching now there for five years and bringing the ukulele for three of those school years over the last two years, because that's how the, the school years overlap. And again, um, it, it really has brought a lot of joy to me on a daily basis, even with the, the frustrations of uh, middle school teaching and middle schoolers are their own beast, which is awesome. Um, and then just the challenges of teaching kids that don't want to be in a class and don't want to sing, but they have to be there. So um, even with those challenges, the ukulele has brought a lot of joy 
And um, hopefully, and by the way, the success stories are awesome. When you hear parents say that their kid asks for a ukulele for Christmas and now every night comes home and plays ukulele in their room, that's when you've won. Every time you hear that, you've won when a kid is making their own music on their own time, uh, finding the wonderful resources online. And we can definitely talk about resources at another time. So kind of got off task there, but it's all related. Again, if you're interested in supporting the efforts, it's at patreon.com slash cjrphd. And again, visit the website ukestuff.info or the YouTube channel, which is um, youtube.com slash ukulele tenor. So thanks for listening to this podcast. If you have feedback, um, if you go to the website ukestuff.info, you'll find an email address that you can certainly contact me at. And this uh, particular podcast will also be held at uh, hosted at archive.org um, and connected through FeedBurner to allow uh, uploading from both. Uh, it's going to be on iTunes and on Google Play. So thank you for listening. And um, I guess we've had to come, come up with some kind of catchphrase. I don't really have that figured out yet. But what I will say to you is just keep strumming keep playing, keep practicing, and just let the love of music just take over your life.